Hello everyone, this is your co-host Marissa Schaefer and welcome to this 94th episode of DanceWell Podcast. A common theme of DanceWell in the last five seasons is to discuss cross-training in its many iterations. In fact, our curated topics for DanceWell in your classroom has an entire list of episodes on cross-training with episodes like number 28, Fit to Dance, number 70, Plyometrics, number 40, Performance Enhancement, number 4, Personal Training for Dancers, and so on and so on. So I thought it would be fitting if we explored how a full progressive cross-training program worked in the context of one company's rehearsal schedule leading up to an in-person season. Enter Alvin Ailey, American Dance Theater, and the almost full cast of characters who made this happen. For context, I'm going to give you a brief rundown of what our training looked like so you can better follow our conversation. Over the course of the pandemic, Ailey dancers had the chance to cross-train at work to get them back into the dancing shape after many months off. We had several iterations of cross-training, as you'll hear in this episode. So first, when the dancers returned to the studios from the COVID-19 shutdown in September of 2020, they had a glorious five weeks of training daily with no additional rehearsals. Following their training period, they had several weeks of rehearsals to prepare them for some virtual content. The same was repeated in February of 2021 as they came back from another longer than usual break. During those two five-week periods, they had classes in yoga, meditation, mindfulness, gyrotonic, floor bar, bodyweight conditioning, cardio, ballet, and modern for three hours daily. As an in-house team, we performed preseason screening to make sure that we tailored the initial intensity of each program to the dancers' fitness levels and that those who needed it were referred to supporting healthcare professionals. Additionally, we met as a team weekly to make sure training was both progressive and that we left no dancer behind. But when we got to our third round of cross-training, things took a slightly different form. This time, we only had classes in yoga, mindfulness, and conditioning, and they would be taught by others besides the Ailey staff. And additionally, those classes would take place prior to the start of rehearsals so that dancers had both cross-training and rehearsals in the same workday. So I'll end my description there and just say that I'm incredibly honored to be a part of this awesome team. For those of you who know me, you know that bringing cross-training to the dance community is something I've been passionate about for a long time. So to see a robust cross-training program brought to fruition within the context of a dance company season made me one happy and very hopeful human. So I want to say again, thank you to Matthew Rushing, the Associate Artistic Director of Alvin Ailey, for being so bold and forward-thinking and for really, truly making dancers' health and wellness a priority within the Ailey space. I also want to say thank you to everyone else in this episode who made this program a reality. Dr. Shea Ojafetimi, Head of Therapy Services at Alvin Ailey, and Antoine Simmons and Andrew Schaefer are awesome trainers and the many, many others who are not on this podcast. We could not have done this without you. I hope you enjoy this episode. Buckle your seatbelts. On this episode, nutrition, life coach, dance and performance, psychological development. Today, you are in for treat. Hi. Hello. This is Ellie Kushner. And this is Marissa Schaefer from Dancewell Podcast. Dancewell Podcast. Hi, everyone. Thanks for being here. Let's start real quick by having everyone introduce yourself. Shay, uh, I'll have you start. Oh, I am Dr. Shay Ojasantini, and I am the Director of Therapy Services at Alvin Ailey American Dance Theater. Andrew? I'm Andrew Schaefer. I'm a personal trainer and strength and conditioning coach in New York City. Matthew? Hello, my name is Matthew Rushing. I'm the Associate Artistic Director for the Alvin Ailey American Dance Theater. Excellent. And Antoine? 
Hi, my name's Antoine Simmons. I'm a strength and conditioning coach and personal trainer in New York City. Awesome. Okay, so as you all know, we are going to be talking about the cross-training and conditioning uh, that we did this past fall winter at Alvin Ailey. So I wanted to kind of start a little bit with, you know, why? Why did this happen? So Matthew, if you wouldn't mind starting us out with just giving us a quick overview of why you wanted to bring in this kind of additional training to the dancers at Ailey. Well, leading up to our city center season, the weeks that we had to prepare, um, uh, they were a little um, kind of in and out. They weren't consistent. So sometimes we may have like a four week stint in which where we're conditioning, we're rehearsing, and then we have, may have like three weeks off. And then we come back to work for two weeks and then we're out for another time. So by the time we got into that, that um, kind of like that long stretch getting towards city center, um, I could tell the dancers still were not, um, how I would say, in their bodies. And when I say that, I mainly talk, I'm talking about awareness and confidence in their bodies. As we were rehearsing, you could see that because they don't have complete control or the control that they had pre-COVID, that confidence levels were not as high. And when the confidence level is not as high, you're not approaching the movement with um, a certain focus um, and a certain amount of energy. And so those different levels, and also just hearing the dancers not feeling good and not feeling like they're ready. So it was basically the inconsistency of time that we had to prepare and also seeing the dancers still in process of becoming aware and gaining control of their bodies. Sure. And you, so I know we, I say training and cross training a couple of times, but what specifically did you decide to bring into the final lead up to city center? Well, a little bit of uh, what we had already kind of structured as far as um, both uh, you and Dr. Shea and adding the, um, we always started with this kind of uh, acknowledgement of the dancers needing some support mentally. Uh, so before we just started off with a brief meditation and we started the day and we went into a lot of the conditioning with um, using their own body weight. We had a little bit of cardio, but this time around, um, it was obvious that because we were approaching city center, which is kind of like the Olympics for the Ailey organization, we needed, we needed to focus more and kind of um, bring everything up a higher level. So I, I think what we had already established was very was very supportive for the dancers and, and worked really well. But it was considering that now we're getting to a point where we're reaching one of our highest or most intense performance seasons of the year. So the idea of bringing in people like Andrew and Antoine was so important because I feel like at this point, um, it was beyond kind of our control. We needed to go a little step higher. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think I think at this point, it's also important to note that, yeah, City Center is the Olympics, but it was like the extra special Olympics because we hadn't had an in-person season for or performance or consistent performances for about two years. So there was a exactly. lot of weight. Um, I think also you'd mentioned, you know, the different iterations that we had done within Ailey of the training. Um, would you mind telling us a little bit about those, Dr. Shea, too? Uh, yeah, so 
you know, as, as you guys said, the extra special Olympics was so true. But it's been an extra special season, extra special two years um, in, and I think Mac, you can definitely agree with this, in the amount of time that we've both been a part of the organization, I don't think we've ever experienced anything like this before. Um, the dancers, at least the first company, had never, ever had more than four weeks off at a time. And even that wasn't, you know, enough for them to recover based on what their traveling schedule would be, what their city center um, season would look like. So to have seven months where they not only just didn't dance, but they literally could not travel the world and go get other gigs. And even some of them, depending on, you know, where you lived and what you had access to, could not get into the gym to maintain their bodies and their mental health the way they had been trained to do, many of them since they were teenagers, was really jolting. And, um, and you know, you and I, Marissa, we had the conversation in terms of the students about our fear of people coming back. And, you know, being so excited to be back and then injuring themselves the first week. So that kind of built the need to say, we need to do an assessment. You know, we've done assessments before, but we need to recreate our assessment and be creative and do it virtually and get an idea of what shape these dancers are in. Because everyone was telling us, yeah, I've been working out at home. I've been doing this. So in their heads and in from what we heard, we did not think that people would be too far off, that we would just kind of need a little, a little jolt, a little, you know, extra oof, and then we get it. And then we got the results and literally had to revisit and pull back on everything we planned on. This, again, when they said unprecedented, literally unprecedented. So understanding that everyone, you know, even when you come back into the studio, we're excited that they're excited to come back into the studio, but there is that fear. COVID is still outside. Am I gonna catch COVID? How many people had lost family members? How many people themselves had had COVID? What did it do to their system? All of those fears were there in terms of the, the mental aspect that the dancers were going through and the not feeling ready to be in any kind of space. So I think it was smart if you want to say prophetic on the part of the company to actually just say, come in and we're just going to have conditioning. So for three hours a day, you're just going to come in and all we're going to do is exercise, take class, meditate, and then you get to go home. And we're going to do this for, what did we do it for three weeks? So was it five weeks initially? Yeah. Never, ever, ever in the history, 20 years I've been here. Has that ever happened? And I and I was teasing some of the dancers over the break, um, not over, I don't want to call it over the break, over the pandemic, you know, 2020. And I said, I have prayed for years that you guys would get three months off paid. I didn't want it like this. But injuries healed. There were people who were struggling with things that we could not get rid of for a year. And when they came back, it was gone. So yes, we had the positive side of COVID, but then we now had to deal with the reality of, okay, these are the athletes who need to come back and you need to kind of rest slowly, build a program that you can evaluate and say, how are they responding at this level? 
if they're fine at this level, then can we put another layer on top, which is what the organization did. So they went from just three days, um, three hours a day, five days a week of conditioning to now, so after five weeks, adding rehearsals and keeping some aspects of the conditioning and then kind of just layering on top of that in preparation for a virtual season. Yeah, I I think it was, I mean, it was it was incredible to kind of watch from my end the first i mean all all three times right so we had three iterations kind of building up to this first in season the first one being the the most gentle so to speak and right people having the privacy of their own homes to kind of like get in their bodies which i think in some cases felt very foreign to individuals um and then the second iteration of 5 weeks which happened Oh my goodness. I guess February to March of 2021, we started playing with the idea of um building intensity and building volume and building, you know, within our sessions. Um and and I think it's important to note just for our listeners to get a kind of idea of what we were dealing with in the first two rounds and then we'll let Andrew and Antoine start talking about the 5 weeks leading up to City Center. We had, you know, body weight conditioning, we had floor bar, we had gyrokinesis, we had um, cardio, we had ballet and modern classes, am I missing anything? Meditation yoga. Um, so they really, I mean, if, if one thing wasn't for one person, we hope that we at least got a couple other things to kind of cater to, you know, all aspects. And I think within that, you know, we, we start, I mean, we were not directly having, um, group therapy sessions, but there was some room for, um, you know, some, for, for a little bit of mindfulness and getting back into their bodies. Um, but I think at this point, Andrew and Antoine, would you tell us about what you guys brought to the table for the five weeks leading up to City Center? Antoine. <laughs> well, um, you know, when when uh, Andrew sort of first uh, approached me and told me that this was something that was going to be on the table, we sort of decided that it would be important to do a lot of digging, do a lot of research and try to figure out uh, what are the most sort of common injuries and deficiencies that are present in dance? You know, where are where are the dancers most vulnerable? What what do they need to strengthen above all else? And so we spent a lot of time, you know, just doing research, looking at people who had spent a lot more time than we did doing the research to try to figure this out. And we really thought that... Um, there was enough information and enough evidence out there to compile a program that would be really effective, uh, you know, even in the span of five weeks at sort of attacking and addressing some of those deficiencies and issues. So we, you know, our, our main three sort of goals were this sort of neuromuscular re-education, something that we sort of hammered them on and talked to them about constantly. And we really, Andrew and I, I think, really made a point to, to think about teaching, okay, and informing and sort of re-educating these movements and these movement patterns and these ideas that they had about their bodies. And then we really thought, um, you know, given some of the injury rates and the ankle and the knee, that we should focus on strengthening the legs. Um, and so we really 
that was another area that we really sort of focused on. And, um, and then Andrew, if you could help me out, I, I, I'm sort of blanking on that last one that we had. Well, we were doing, uh, we wanted conditioning, right? So we wanted to start them at uh, a certain level of intensity and then build that pretty much linearly up until the last, uh, the second to last week and then taper them, you know, to give them basically, yeah, the cardiovascular and endurance training that they needed going into city center. And plus, we also tried to add in a little bit of mindfulness, right, at the beginning of every session because we knew that was important to Ailey. And we wanted to, yeah, uh, hook into that as well. So those were our sort of, I guess, four areas of emphasis. Uh, you two were the only aliens to the aliens. <laughs> and by that, I mean, <laughs> you two, I mean, up until those five weeks to city center, we had pulled from the resources within the building, so to speak, for for conditioning. Um, Shay, I'm going to get to you in, in two seconds. Um, but you all were the first people from outside to kind of come in. So, Shay, I want to get to you, but I also want you two to answer how you felt like you got to know what we were doing inside the building and how that informed your training. But, Shay, you go first. I wanted to say how important it was that we needed to have outside aliens come into the, to the, to our planet because I know for me, I, I felt like mother and big sister were not being heard anymore. And we could tell them, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we had gotten to a point that we'd been there with, uh, with the relationship that we, people would come to us and they would learn something from outside that we had told them how to do, when to do, and they will act like it was a whole new thing. So we knew at this point, it's like, they're not listening to us anymore. <laughs> but if you bring in new people, especially people who is like, these are certified trainers and da, 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 they would be like, oh, oh, side eye, but okay, we'll see. And it worked. It worked because the feedback was, I don't like them but I know they're good for me. <laughs> and I was just like, great, because they still did the work versus if we were telling them to do the work, I felt like we would have been begging and pulling teeth and people would have been huffing. They would have shown up like, oh yeah, I'm gonna miss that part of class. So, well, yes, we needed to bring in new aliens to the <laughs> family. Antoine, do you wanna say something about that? Or? Sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, it was, uh, I think the first class I was so nervous. I'm like, Oh my goodness. I'm in this space with these consummate professionals, you know, like I, who, who I, you know, I consider them to be the best of the best. And I thought, um, I thought the way we were received and accepted and, and how I thought open that the dancers were with us. I really, I thought it was amazing. And um, I think because of that, we were able to sort of address their needs, I think, better than we would have. Were they more, I think, reticent and, and apprehensive to our presence? And I think just being able to be in their space during rehearsals and Andrew went to a ballet class and just having them see us there and interacting with them, I think was so, it was so just profound i thought it was really great and i think like i said it made everything more effective and i think um and, you know having you know andrew is like 
I think so in tune with uh, sort of the intricacies of how they were all feeling from one moment to the next, probably more so than myself. And I thought, I think just having that awareness, I think helped us. Yeah, I think I can jump in on that in that, you know, we had a lot of conversations the whole time, Antoine and I, about our communication with them. Like, how did we feel we were connecting with them? Did we feel like we were giving them the space that they needed to talk to us and let us know what their needs were? And then were we able to find the right ways to, you know, sort of tell them what we were looking for and make clear why we were looking for it? We, we, we did, we spent a lot of time thinking about how do we communicate why we're asking them to do things. And so I think that was, that was pivotal, you know, to, to be able to just think about and purposely go after that two-way exchange. Matthew. I, I also kind of wanted to uh, give both Andrew and Antoine a shout out about um, their it was a great deal of sensitivity, but also I felt like they were, they were capable of pushing the dancers when they needed to be pushed. And knowing how to do that at such a very sensitive time, um, mentally the dancers um, were, you know, still trying to find their way physically. So that can put you in a really strange place and to have someone that you don't know come in, start pushing you physically, and, you know, that affects you mentally, um, I was really impressed of how balanced their methods were as far as the mindfulness. But then when it was time to work, you have to work. Like, the only way that we're going to get better is that you're going to have to push yourself. And I felt that they, they really understood that balance. And then just another, I'm also going to give, every time you say something, it reminds me of a comment, you know, they come straight to us after. And it was literally, can you believe Antoine just said, you could either just lay, I mean, you could just lay there, but you would, I mean, but the work that I'm asking you to do is this. Could you believe he said that? And I had to just get up and do it. I was so mad at him. <laughs> that was the response, the feedback I got, but they did it. And then in the same conversation, talked about how transferring in class, being able to fully access their leg and connecting through their body was so much easier. Yeah, I think, you know, kind of going on that, like you two, Andrew and Antoine, were the greatest departure from like the dance world that I think these people have seen in a hot second and so and then the movements you gave were so like I mean you I know you two did the best that you could to to bring it back to dance but like Shay and I would be like like when you're doing that move in Lazarus and da 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 da, da like direct connection which like you two I made an incredible effort to get to know the repertoire I know Antoine you came to rehearsals Andrew you went to ballet class um but you didn't quite have that and it also wasn't super sexy or like right I think like like this kind of body weight conditioning is is not as sexy as as other forms of cross training can be and so I think a leaving room for communication was great but then 
to Shay's point, like hearing what people were saying, like the, the it was like creating new synaptic pathways in their brain, right? People didn't quite recognize all the time, like what it was doing for them, like in the in the studio until like they were processing on the table with Shay and I. And then they're like, wait, hold, hold on. My knees haven't hurt. Right. Or like, hold on. Da, da, da. I was like, did you write that on your feedback form for Andrew and Antoine? And they're like, no. And I'm like, OK. You know, <laughs> so it was it was like a slower it was a slower process. Go ahead, Shay. Just one more testimonial. I'm like, sorry, I feel like I'm giving testimonials. I was somebody I had to I literally tracked him down. I was like, I haven't seen you in PT. I need to ask you about your hip. I just turned around and said, to be honest, since we've been doing conditioning, I haven't felt the thing. I am able to walk back and forth everywhere. I don't even notice I have a problem anymore. I was like, okay, so I'm, I'm going to go back. I'm going to just leave that alone. He's like, and weeks later, after conditioning was over, he was one that as actually was still using the program that you guys sent, the maintenance. He's still using it. Yeah, well, I wanted to say, you know, so Antoine did a lot of research in the dance world and you know uncovered a lot of the information that's out there and so what was good about that is we went in and we had plenty of confidence right we knew that what we had designed would work and we just needed to let it play out you know and i think so that was you know that was i think something that we did well maybe and that as matthew was talking about walking that line you know we had the confidence. We knew what we were doing was the right thing and we knew it would work and we knew we just needed the time. So that allowed us to sort of stay the course while also being sensitive to the feedback we were getting, you know, and yeah, and make those, yeah, make the experience good. Yeah, to Andrew's point, we talked so many times, you know, he, as he said, we spoke after every single you know, class, we would sit outside and we would just talk, you know, we talk about what worked, okay, what didn't work, what do we need to change? And so many times we're like, look, <laughs> this is, this, we, we're doing the right thing. Like, we don't need to change anything. Let's just focus on what we're doing, okay, while being sensitive to the things that the dancers weren't responsive to, but still staying firm to what we knew would work. And I just thought, like, so many times when he said that, we would be sitting there and we'd just be like, you know what, like, we're on the right track. <laughs> We're doing the right thing. Let's just, let's not go too crazy. Matthew. I, I also have to add, uh, one of my biggest concerns was the different temperaments and different body types. I was concerned, you know, how, how will they be able to come up with a program that not only deals with different bodies, but also temperaments and different learning patterns and things like that um and i i really can't articulate how it was done i think it had a lot to do with how open they were and how they would check in and get the feedback and and process and then maybe alter a little bit in the next time they come in but i think that's something um that i definitely wanted to talk about the the program they they created went across the board, all different body types, all different temperaments, everybody, I can honestly say, I feel like everybody in the room benefited from the program. And I think that is phenomenal because these are professionals that have different 
tweaks and different things in their bodies. Some people have injuries that they've had for over, you know, five years or something. And some people are just coming to new injuries. So I thought that was really impressive, too. Okay. Um, Andrew, you said a key word, time. None of this, and this is this goes back to the whole dance medicine, dancers or athletes. There is no magic pill. And the work takes time. For some reason, it is clear. It is, they understand that when it comes to dance. But when it comes to anything, exercise, health, and wellness, it needs to be magical. And what we had was five weeks to press, to push, and to make the results have time to show. Anyone who's going to create a program if you don't have the time, don't bother because they will lose. You can do a great program in a solid week, but that connection, and that goes back to the neuromuscular re-education and actually implement it into your body, takes weeks for your body to understand the new um, motor patterns that you're developing, the new strength, and now how to access things with that new strength. And that's what we had. We had that five weeks. Six weeks would have been awesome. But in five weeks, when you're dealing with professionals, you can get them to that point where they go, I don't ever want to go back to where week one was, and I know how to stay here now. Matthew. I also just wanted to mention uh, the, the other mindfulness part of it, having Karin with the conscious combat. The uh, title Conscious Comeback is a title she came up with uh, for her uh, program. And it's basically she used a lot of breath um, exercises along with yoga practices. Uh, and I felt like that also paired with what Andrew and Antoine brought in was a perfect match because I felt um, they both kind of embodied each other. Like with the strengthening and conditioning, it wasn't just a physical thing like like they said we started off the strengthening and conditioning with mindfulness and i felt like the way andrew and antoine approached it approached the program was very mindful even in the conversations and and getting the feedback and on the other end Karine also had a lot of the breathing and we had discussions but also part of that was yoga so we were still physically active even when we were being mindful um, in our mental states, we were also very physical. And I felt like all of that kind of just kind of melded like perfectly. Yeah, yeah, I'd like to comment on that too, because that was something I noticed being in the building. I felt like there were a lot of different parts and pieces to Alvin Ailey. There's the dance and there's the PT and there's the conditioning and you know all of the stuff that goes on. And you can tell that there's a like a there's a culture there and all that these all of these pieces are tied together and i i felt that that was there that that was in place you know and so i think it made it easier in a way for us to kind of come in and plug in in the place where we thought it would make sense um so you know i thought that that's pretty exciting and you know it's interesting to see that development over time uh within the organization that's that's really cool I, um, one little comment, and then I'm going to push this, I think, in a different direction. So five weeks, we know that that's not 
enough time to see true strength gains. Um, and I'm just, I think that you guys did a tremendous job with the neuromotor control aspect of it and the other just like muscular fitness and, you know, conditioning aspect of it. I can only imagine what would happen <laughs> if you guys had enough time to really develop some true strength. That would be like just incredible. Anyway, I think, um, you know, where I want to push this is for a second, I want to talk a little bit about logistics, like how did this look within the day um, and then kind of piece apart, you know, obviously we were talking about what worked, like what I also want to know what didn't work. So we'll talk about that in a second. But logistically speaking, I think it's important to note that this was a mandatory part of the dancer's day. Um, it happened before rehearsal. It happened before class. I think one of the things that dancers were worried about is are we going to even have enough energy to make it through the day? Um, so Matthew, could you speak a little bit to, um, you know, what you were hearing and Shay, et cetera, of, um, you know, what dancers were saying regarding being able to make it through rehearsals and how they felt about having it kind of in the mix? I can say that was another one of my huge concerns, um, having the conditioning and the uh, intense rehearsal schedule, uh, even without conditioning, the rehearsal schedule alone um, is extremely intense. So that was a huge concern. And as I watched, I did, there was a moment where the dancers were extremely fatigued, but at that moment, it, again, it, it, it coincided with the arc that Andrew and Antoine built at that moment of extreme fatigue, then the conditioning kind of eased. They weren't so physical and weren't going so full out in the conditioning. So it kind of, again, created a, a really great balance. Um, it was difficult. I feel like a lot of the dancers, there were moments where they felt like it was tough and they, they probably weren't as comfortable as they wanted to be. But I felt like the moment where it reached uh, uh, the most challenging, that they were that at that point they were actually getting back into their bodies. So the fatigue was there; it was a real thing. But also there was a that awareness and the strength was becoming just as real. So they, I felt like they were able to push through it. Another thing that was challenging in in incorporating this is something that I would suggest. Again, it's this it's this time thing. I think we have to really think about a different way of scheduling. Um, I know, depending upon what you are, whether you're a dance organization or a university or anything like that, your own company, that there has to be more time for everything. Uh, just period. I don't know how that's going to happen financially, but if you want the if you want certain results, you're just going to have to have more time because we had to take away from rehearsal time to incorporate conditioning. And at the end of it, there was we felt it. We felt that, OK, we missed out on some of this um, rehearsal time. But looking back, I don't regret it. Um, I, I had to kind of go in the same mode that Antoine and Andrew said that at one point, you just have to say that we're, you're doing the right thing. Just keep going. Yeah, it looks like, okay, you're not going to have enough time. Oh, okay, you don't have enough time. But still, you know you're doing the right thing. It's for their best. Um, so just keep going. So I would just say the time thing is so real, and you have to find more time. I can speak to um, kind of some of the feedback that, yes, the dancers were very fearful that 
how am I supposed to get through conditioning, then class, then a full day of rehearsals? And I think in the beginning, and Matthew can correct me, in the beginning, I didn't, I felt like rehearsals weren't at that high yet. You know, like even rehearsals are kind of graded into, okay, we're just marking through this. I want you guys to listen to the music, find your spacing, understand the steps, start getting the movement back into your body. And that gave um, Andrew and Anton the, the, the time they needed to start kind of building up. When the two of them started kind of like meeting up and then, you know, it, it's kind of like they got to a point, but they never butt heads one went down and one kind of kept going up. So, you know, conditioning started to kind of like, I don't want to say um, wane or kind of go down, but it's like they they switched their, their focus was beginning to switch because now some, you know, whatever goals had been achieved so that they could spend more time really focusing on nuances. It was at that point that I remember having a conversation with one of the ladies who had said she was she she had a solo and she was afraid because we there was one of those, you know, she was like, we just did all this stuff in conditioning and all these lunges and I don't know, I've got to do this and that and it, it's all me. And I remember her walking out of the rehearsal and came straight to PT. She said, that was the easiest run I've ever had. Mm-hmm. She said, I'd, and I didn't realize I could jump that high. So at some point in the struggle, it actually started to work well for them because now the, the strength, the power, or whether it's just the connection that they were looking for was starting to make rehearsals easier. The amount of effort that they had anticipated a piece would take they were finding that they weren't so exhausted when they actually did the piece. So then they were more open to going, oh yes, I'm, yeah, I'm coming to conditioning tomorrow. Antoine. I think, um, you know, that's such an important point and an interesting point. You know, we, we weren't as privy to the intensity of the rehearsal schedule. You know, we had sort of gone into it and we always knew we'd taper off. You know, we knew we would push them really hard and we knew we would taper off. But I think, you know, when you talk about logistics, probably it could have been even better, I think, were we more privy to the rehearsal intensity, okay, the schedule of intensity for rehearsals. I think we could have planned it even better, um, you know, and, and probably, you know, again, to Shay's point, that sort of crescendo, right, where we sort of, meet at the top and then we sort of let go and, and let rehearsals sort of take over the intensity. If that were planned better, I think you'd see even better results. Um, so I, I do think, you know, talking about tapering is super important and to Matthew's point, sort of not having enough time. Um, but I do also think like a, a stronger coordination, you know, between us and sort of rehearsal, rehearsal director, like what's rehearsal going to look like as far as intensity goes and quantifying that for us, you know, from a conditioning standpoint, I think would, again, like just, you know, I think the results would be off the charts. That being said, so what, what else in your dream world would you have had? <laughs> anyone and everyone to have made this, you know, even better than it already was. Besides time. Yes, Antoine. 
So again, you know, to, to talk about better, I think just more integration, you know, better coordination. If we were able to just communicate more as a team, you know, with the rehearsal directors, with understanding like what the intensity looks like, I think that's probably number one. And then number two, in a, in a dream scenario, you know, we'd have more equipment, (laughs) you know, I, you know, we'd have more, uh, you know, equipment to, to, to work with them on, you know, their cardiovascular fitness and, you know, their, their strength training, not just neuromuscular conditioning or body weight training. Um, but I, I think, um, you know, those two things, the first thing being sort of, again, communication and integration. Uh, and then the second thing, just, you know, more equipment. But um, I think those those things would be my my dream scenario. <laughs> those are good. I think um, we did that in the second or the first round. I can't remember, Matthew, of, of conditioning where once a week we had like a 20 minute, 30 minute debriefing to say, okay, this is what's working. This is what's not working. Here's, you know, we're concerned about this person. Like, here's how we're going to restructure this kind of stuff. That was very helpful. Yeah, I, I agree uh, with uh, coordination, uh, consistent communication throughout the process. I definitely agree about uh, the cardio. I feel that um, that can definitely be, that's an area that can definitely like really kind of be um, improved upon. Um, but I'm going to be honest, the lack of equipment I felt really worked because all throughout rehearsals i saw everybody walking around with those bands those um (laughs) bands all through city center everybody kept their and because it was so easy to travel with and continue the program i think it really um it, it was really i feel like it's something that helped it stick because it was simple and it was accessible i can throw these bands in my bag and i can go to the theater and have my whole program done with these bands I think that's actually, I was about to say, that's a strength of the program. Because if they had used equipment, they would literally would have said, well, I can't do any of my exercises because I don't have the equipment. So now you don't have an excuse. Like you, and, and, for, and for anybody listening, you don't, this was not a big budget. <laughs> it was not a big budget um, program, literally. You have the money to buy some 12 inch therabands and stuff. That's what they use. So bare bones, anybody can do this. So my dream scenario kind of piggybacks off what you all just said, because I feel like what we're really talking about is periodization. We're talking about needing time to do different things at different times. So I agree the bands and giving them, you know, the neuromuscular education and then sending them off with the ability to continue to do that stuff is going to be super important for them in general. But I also think that they could use some real strength training. You know, if they if they all got their baseline strength level boosted, I think they'd be amazed at the difference that they feel in their bodies. But as we're discussing, right, it's. You can't do it all, you know, at one time because there's just too much going on. It would be too much for them and too much for us. So my dream scenario, yeah, is to sort of to sort of work with the dancers over that longer period of time 
emphasizing different aspects of what they need in those in those correct times so that it can all fit together in a way that maximally benefits them that's that's my dream you know um yeah yeah, no, logistically, it's tough, right? You, <laughs> the three of us, and by the three of us, I mean Andrew and Antoine and I were like, okay, cool. If you guys went to my, you know, my PT practice and like picked up all my weights and put them in an Uber and then went to your gym and like picked up all your weights and put them into an Uber and then drove them all the way down to Ailey and then how long could we leave them there? And would it be a bur-? you know, like logistically, it was tough. And, and we, uh, you did do a great job, actually. We almost did that. We were going to do it. And then we and then we decided, you know, sort of at the end after we'd been there, actually, I mean, I think we were planning to do that even three weeks into the program. And then we just, you know, as we were seeing how everything was unfolding we just decided it wouldn't have been it wouldn't have been worth it really wouldn't have been in their best interest probably so we but we almost did it (laughs) yeah so you guys had therabands and um half inch and and one inch super bands to be clear yeah uh shay go ahead just wanted to piggyback off what Andrew was saying. So Andrew, what you're asking for when you said periodization, you mean a preseason when all they do is come in and do nothing but actually get ready for the season? For example. <laughs> Sorry, that I'm so mad that this is a podcast and y'all can't see my facial expression right now. <laughs> it seems like maybe you've mentioned this before. <laughs> it's like the, the meme treating dancers like they were athletes, like every other athlete gets treated so that they actually get built up to meet the demands that they built. Oh, that, yes, that would be lovely. Mm-hmm. Antoine. And that was something Andrew and I talked about a ton, you know, just sort of what would, what could we do? Oh my goodness. What could we do if we had a year to work with these dancers? Like we were, I mean, we would be, we'd be talking about that and we would say, you know, we would just, again, in these conversations where we're sort of doubting, are we doing, you know, is this, is this enough or do we need to do more? Are we doing the right thing? And, and, you know, where we of course ultimately come to the conclusion that we're doing the right thing. Um, but just like, oh man, you know, we need more time. We need more time, you know, to Matthew's point. We're like, oh, we, we need more time, but no, 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 five weeks, five, we can do it in five weeks. Oh, but we need more time. You know, it was like this conversation we continually have. It's like, no, no, five weeks, we can, we can make it work. Yeah, but man, we need more time. <laughs> you know, it was, it's, it's just funny to think, but you know, we got it done in five weeks. I think, you know, we, we got what we wanted to get done, what we set out to get done. Um, but uh, to Andrew's point, also, I left that part out. That is also my dream scenario. Also, just have more time, you know this time yeah i mean you know and yeah just to just to reiterate it's it's time but it's also it's about training them for the right things in the right moments right you know because you you know you don't want to as i'm sure it's clear to the dancers and you know and everyone at ailey you know you can't hit them with everything that they need all the time you would just overwhelm them right so it's about about you know divvying it out in the portions that they can handle and then that build on each other you know that's the that's the beauty of of strength training and conditioning that's what i think antoine and i both love you know that building something over time um so shay and i think this just all wraps up and goes to matthew's point to say you have to do things differently something's got to give something's got to change mm-hmm. and that's the dance the culture of how dances run or the way we look at dance, we've always done it this way. They come in and never rehearse and you keep pushing and pushing. 
something's got to change. Antoine, go ahead. And big props to Matthew, by the way, you know, because to to do this, to take this leap of faith, I think, and to bring Andrew and I, outsiders, into that space, I, I just think, you know, I just, you know, kudos to you for, for, you know, doing that and having sort of the confidence in sort of your decision-making and the, the realization that this is something that's super important that they need to do. I mean, seriously, big ups to you for sure. Huge. And to do it with all the side eyes <laughs> and the naysayers and the, we don't have time for this and it's not in the budget. That's the part y'all don't know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it can, and he did it with that. That means to anybody listening, if you are the associate artistic director, artistic director, the company manager, whatever, whoever you are that you're pushing for this, you're not going to be liked. So please accept that and keep moving. Well, at least initially, that is. I think like any major change is hard, right? And we've we have seen that this year. This year was just one big cluster of major change. But I think, you know, to the points that we all made earlier, like, yeah, sure, they're going to give you side eye and not like you. But like, let's look at what has already started to happen and the change that is already taking place, which is that people's knees aren't hurting. That guy, that person whose hip was bothering him, like his he was OK. Right. Like we we saw not that many time loss injuries in the grand scheme of things. Like there are things that are working and it's going to be uncomfortable at the beginning. But like, you know, we'll keep making the changes that need to happen in order to serve our communities, which, Andrew, did you have something you want to say? I did. I wanted to say that while we are, you know, uh, doling out props, uh, Shay and Marissa, you both also, you know, I know you've been but Shay, you've been there for 20 years, you said, and saying these things, you know, and you've been spending a lot of time, you know, and then together as well, trying to, you know, add new things and build on the programming that is in Ailey. And as I said earlier, when we got there, we could see that there was this this culture there of having a lot of different pieces that were connected to each other, you know, and that 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 something was something was already in the works and it's continuing to grow. And then, yeah, Matthew, you know, Matthew, I agree, you know, having the courage to push that even more um, because you believe in it, you know, that really is, that's great. It's amazing. You know, it's, it's leadership, you know, and yeah. I was really impressed. Um, but, you know, I think all three of you have done a lot of work to sort of make this a part of what Alvin Ailey is and you can see it. And so, yeah, kudos to all three of you. So thank you, Andrew. Um, and thank you, everyone. I think this is a perfect segue. So we made space for this this year because we were coming back from, you know, being off for seven months and we there were unprecedented times, 120 trillion percent. But I guess, you know, in the dance, medicine, science and medicine world, you know, Shay and I know this, like this is this is a dream, right, of having this kind of stuff integrated. But I'm interested, like we made the push now, we made it happen now. But is this something that should continue in the future? And, you know, and, and how does that have a place? Um, my my answer would be yes, but I kind of want to hear the rest of you talk too. <laughs> and Matthew, go ahead. Uh, it's 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 a definite yes, but I think 
like what's already been said, um, we you have to now start planning. Like literally, we have to start the conversations now before before we start speaking budget, before we start speaking schedule. Uh, we have to start the conversations now. And yeah, just to piggyback on Matthew, um, I think planning is key, right? And, you know, one of my favorite sayings is all problems have a solution. You know, no matter what sort of in the way of any of this, there's a solution to it. And there's a, we can find whatever that solution might be, and it might take time. And I do think it will take planning to Matthew's point. Um, but yeah, I do think, again, there's a solution to every problem. So I don't see personally why it couldn't continue. Um, but, you know, that's not for me to say. I don't know. Planning and prioritizing. Mm -hmm. Unless it is, becomes a priority, it will always be an add-on. It will always be seen as dessert, which is optional. This needs to be the main dish. And that, no, no, this needs to be on the plate. It's your vegetable. You can't keep eating carbs. In fact, you're just alone. You, it, is, it, it, it has to be on the plate. And maybe initially, we, we, you know, you can't get the full portion. But whatever portion we can get right now, we want it with the understanding that the plan is to make sure that within a specific period of time, we get the full portion on the plate. And some companies are able to put the full portion on the plate right away. Maybe, you know, somebody who's listening, that's not their um, company who can do that right now. But any portion that you can get on the plate is better than no portion. So start with that. Leave it to Shay to bring home the metaphor. That was good. <laughs> um, Andrew and then Matthew, and then we'll start to wrap up here. Yeah, I, I would say, yeah, you know, I, I completely agree. The communication part is interesting. What I would add to that conversation is, you know, what gets what gets me excited as a as a trainer is these opportunities to do something new, to have to on our end look at, okay, you know, what's the realities of the organization or the person or whatever that we're going to work with and how do we make this work for them? And that's where we get to be creative, right? And and as Antoine was saying, find solutions, find ways to deliver what needs to be delivered based on, you know, on, on what we have to work with. Um, so, you know, I, I get excited about that kind of thing. So I think, you know, that's, that's a, also, it's just a, I guess my positive view on that idea of like, yeah, communication, you know, let's talk and see, see what the solutions are and get creative. A little, a little extension to what Andrew said, as you have the conversations, one of the big takeaways, even from hearing this podcast, like for me, this was like a postmortem. I hate that word, but <laughs> you know, it was like listening to, okay, you know, you know, what were our takeaways? Where did we, where, where did we excel? Where, what, what can we do differently? But a huge takeaway from listening to everybody in the conversations, but you also have to, you can't do it by yourself. Like we, we, we can't be so separate in what we do. At one point, the trainers are going to have to come into the rehearsals. At one point, the dancers are going to have to, you know, put drop the ballet shoes and pick up the thoroughbands. Like, you're really going to have to overlap and, you know, really collaborate as far as in order to truly move forward. If we would have just stayed in what how dance usually operates, 
most most of our conditioning, we got it in the class. And that's what a dancer would tell people. Oh, I don't need to go to a gym. I take class. But now we're finding out we need other worlds to cross and, and combine. And we have to have conversations with people that we normally probably wouldn't have conversations with. And I think it, that's where it can get us to places we've, ne- we've never been. Absolutely. On that note, which is a perfect note to end on, I'm going to say thank you, first of all, for being part of an awesome, like, stellar team. Um, This was like, being a part of a community like this has been my dream for mm, close to a decade. So to have it realized, thank you, Matthew, for being the instigator of all this was really, truly incredible for me. Um, And I, I do hope that, you know, we can be a model for other companies out there to do the same kind of thing or, or schools, et cetera. Um, because in the words of Glenn Allen Sims, I think this was pretty major. <laughs> so I, I thank you all. And thank you all for sharing everything today. I really appreciate it. On behalf of Ellie and myself, I, Marissa Schaefer, want to say thank you to all of our listeners for joining us on this episode of Dancewell Podcast. Our intro soundscape was composed by the dynamic duo Brendan Berry and Dylan Ezzi and dancer-designer Katie Dean crafted our visual image. If you like what you hear, we invite you to go and leave us a review, rate us, subscribe to our show, and share your favorite episode with a friend. You can also view all of our episodes and learn more about this podcast by visiting our website at www.dancewellpodcast.com. If you have questions or want to get in touch, email us at dancewellpodcast at gmail.com. Bye.